I'm Laura Seipert, and you are listening to Episode 1, Why Caring About Your Students' Mental Health is So Important. If you are a voice teacher or a choir teacher who sometimes sees your students struggling with mindset or mental health, and you want to know how you can better help them, then this podcast is for you. I'm Laura Seifert. I'm a voice teacher and a board-certified music therapist. Welcome to the Mindful Voice Teacher Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome to the very first episode of the Mindful Voice Teacher Podcast. I am so grateful that you are here, and I am so excited to start this podcast. I've got to be real with you, though. I'm also kind of terrified, and I never thought I would be somebody to host a podcast, yet here I am. I want to tell you a little bit about what to expect from this podcast, especially with it being the first episode. First, I'm wanting each podcast episode to be about 30 minutes or less long, so it's really nice and easy to digest in one setting or, you know, two, depending on how busy you are. And I am planning on bringing on some amazing special guests to interview on this podcast. I already have some mental health specialists lined up, some other voice teachers, some educators, and I know that you're going to love them, so make sure that you subscribe so you do not miss an episode. Speaking of episodes, I'm going to be putting an episode out on Mondays. If you're like me, I'm going to be calling them Mindful Mondays, so if you want to call it that as well, you are welcome to. And so look for the episodes on Mondays. At the end of each episode, I have something that I'm excited about to share with you. I'm going to be um, sharing three takeaways or asking the person I'm interviewing to give you three takeaways so that if you are short for time, you can just jump to the end of the episode and get the three takeaways. And it'll just be little tidbits of knowledge, advice that you can take with you into your teaching, into your personal life. I am just so thrilled to be here. I have been thinking about this podcast for a long time. I've been thinking about what topics I should share and who I should interview so that you can get some resources to be able to more fully support your students, especially when they're struggling. And honestly, I think a lot of us have been struggling recently, especially over the last two years since the pandemic. I think a lot of us really took a mental health hit when that happened. And I think we're still trying to figure out to what extent it has affected our mental health. That, along with the BLM movement, the Me Too movement, and so much else that is going on in the world. Luckily, I feel like there has been this shift in our culture that's more towards mental health awareness, but I still feel like there is so much that needs to be done to bring down the stigma of talking about mental health. And I really feel that as a a teacher, that you have the power to help your students to be able to feel more comfortable talking about what they're struggling with and know that you're not going to see it as a weakness or a liability 
and that you'll be able to help them and support them with those struggles. But why should you, as the music educator, care about learning about mental health and how to help your students and support your students with it? I mean, isn't that the job of a counselor or a therapist? Before I answer that question, I have some statistics to share with you, okay? So the first statistic is since 2020, currently one in four people have a diagnosable mental illness. They're currently struggling with a diagnosable mental illness. One in four. So if you have a studio of 20 students, let's say, that means five of those students on average could be struggling with a mental illness. If you have a classroom of 30 students, that means that about 7.5 of your students on average could be struggling with some sort of mental illness. I'm going to give you another statistic that really blew my mind. So according to a study done by the University of Westminster and Music Tank of Musicians, 68.5% of 2,211 musicians that they studied said that they have experienced depression and 71.1% said that they have experienced severe anxiety and panic attacks. Listen to this. These results show that musicians are three times more susceptible to depression than the average person. What? I mean, I don't think it's the music itself that is causing this to be such a high percentage of mental illness in musicians because I believe music to be healing and empowering. So what is going on? What is going on with musicians? I have a few theories and I would love to hear some of your theories. If you have any others, you can just mention them in the comments of the podcast. So theory number one is that musicians are more sensitive than the average person. I mean, being sensitive helps us to be able to connect more deeply with the beauty of the music and with our artistry and our musicianship. But there has also been studies shown that say that sensitive people also are at a higher likelihood of suffering from depression, anxiety, and other mental illnesses. Another theory I have is that musicians isolate themselves more. I mean, think about the countless hours that you spent in a practice room, especially when you were in college or at the conservatory, just by yourself practicing your music, practicing your instruments, and how many times you had to say no to social events or to hanging out with friends because you had to get those hours of practice in every day. I could see that isolation taking a toll on the mental health of many people. My third theory is that musicians tend to get a lot of criticism. And not only just criticism, but criticism about something that is so personal to ourselves, something that is almost a part of who we are, something that is a part of 
our beauty that we show to the world. That, I mean, when I was in college, I got criticism on my singing all the time. And it was a part of my education to have to go to a jury and to be judged about how well I sang and the nerves that went into that. And I can't tell you how many emotional breakdowns I had over criticism that I got or the criticism that I thought I would get in the future. So I think that might be another reason why musicians tend to really struggle with mental health because of the constant criticism that we go through as musicians. I think another reason that musicians could struggle is because of the pressure that we have to be the best. I remember feeling that if I wasn't going to be one of the best, then there was no point in trying because I wasn't going to be successful. And I hear that a lot from musicians, a lot from different students, that they have to try to be one of the best. And if they aren't, then they feel like they're just not good enough. It's not worth it. The last theory that I have is that musicians are getting burned out. Think about the countless hours of practices and rehearsals and performances that musicians are putting in, as well as the sacrifices that they make with not being able to spend time with family and working late nights and losing sleep, as well as putting themselves out there to get gigs and find students. Musicians are getting burned out. So with how susceptible musicians are to having a mental illness, why is mental health not talked more about within the music world? And why are we not educating ourselves and taking measures to prevent it within ourselves and our students more? Over the last year, I interviewed many voice teachers and I asked them the question of whether or not they took any classes on mental health within their formal education, if they had any required courses about mental health. And every single one of them said no. Now, I think that this is something that needs to change because obviously this is a problem. I want to tell you a little of my story. I have always loved music and I grew up in a musical family. I've been singing since before I can remember and it's something that I've always been naturally drawn to and naturally good at. I've received praise for my singing ever since I was a little girl and it was something that I wrapped a lot of my identity around was the fact that I was a good singer. Honestly, it was one of the things that I thought made me worthwhile. And from a young age, I believed that my talent in music and singing was one of the main things that gave me worth. So when I started taking voice lessons when I was a teenager, around age 14, I struggled. I was surprised because I loved singing so much and my voice teachers were confused because I had great potential but they didn't know why I struggled practicing and why I wasn't progressing. And I think what it really came down to was singing was something I was good at. And when I was shown parts that I wasn't good at, that was really hard for me. 
I didn't understand what a growth mindset was. And especially when it came to music, if it wasn't coming easy, I didn't want to do it. On top of that, I had really low self-esteem at that time in my life. And my self-confidence was shaky. I thought that the only reason anybody liked me or that I had friends was because I was a good singer and people knew me for that. So if I was being shown that I had to work at it, then who was I? Where was my worth? I remember an experience I had when I was a senior in high school where I was a part of a singing competition at my dad's work that was designed similar to American Idol. And my first few performances went really well. I was a crowd favorite. I was feeling really good. And then it was Motown week. And I was determined to sing Respect by Aretha Franklin. During this time, I was also singing in several choirs and was the lead in the school musical. And so I was experiencing some vocal fatigue, but I didn't realize that and I just wanted to sing what I wanted to sing. So when the performance happened, I completely bombed it. My voice gave out, I cracked all over the place, I was screeching to try to get the notes out. I was so embarrassed. To make matters worse, afterwards when the judges were giving me criticism, the one nice thing they could say was, well, at least she looks good in pink. After that, I didn't want to sing ever again. I felt like my whole identity had fallen apart. I felt like I was worthless, that I didn't deserve to be a singer. It didn't matter that I had had successful experiences in the past. This one performance completely took me under. Because in all of those voice lessons over the years, I hadn't been taught or hadn't internalized a growth mindset. I hadn't been taught that failure was a part of the journey. Luckily for me, I didn't let that one experience completely bring me down and I continued pursuing music and singing. In college, I studied music therapy and I eventually became a board-certified music therapist where I worked in hospitals and hospice and I learned all sorts of different skills, not just about being a musician, but about how to work with people and about therapy and healing. But I still struggled especially with feeling that I wasn't worthy as a musician and really worthy as a person in general. Eventually, I was diagnosed with a mental illness, and this jump-started my healing journey. I was able to get the help that I needed as I started talking more about mental health. I began to feel compassion for myself. I began to feel compassion for others. And through this compassion, I began to heal my relationship with music and my relationship with myself as a musician. I was able to use techniques that I had learned and used with clients as a music therapist to then heal myself and to actually start progressing and getting better as a singer and as a musician. Now I have started my own music studio and I teach these methods to my students 
And I have seen them progress and grow not only as a musician, but also as a person and in their love for themselves. As a singer, I have learned and began to more fully understand that my singing is directly impacted by what is going on in my mind. I know that you are also probably aware of this and you use a lot of imagery and imaginative thinking to help your students understand concepts. One thing I tell my students, and I don't know if this is completely 100% true, but I don't think I'm too far off, is that 70% of singing is in the mind and 30% is physical. So it is so important that we are teaching our students how to have a good mindset. Are you prioritizing nurturing the mind of your student as much as you are teaching the physical techniques of singing? I don't know. This is something that you can take some time to think about. So as you continue to listen to this podcast, this is what you're going to get. First, you're going to get more education. You're going to be able to become more educated about what the different mental illnesses are and how to help your students with their mental health hygiene. Second, I'm going to give you a lot of resources. This will include things that you can apply into your lessons and also what to do when you don't know what to do. People that you can reach out to for help when help is needed. Third, I'm going to help you learn how to be a better supporter of your students' mental health. I don't want you to become their therapist because that is not what you are for. You are their teacher, but I also know that you can be a huge support to them. I want you to be a safe place for them, and I want you to know where that line is drawn. So I'm going to help you become a better supporter for your students. Fourth, you'll have the opportunity to gain more confidence when it comes to helping address mental health with your students. You'll be able to learn what to do and what to say when your students are struggling. And fifth, I want you to know that you are already an amazing teacher. The fact that you are here and listening to this podcast means that you care about your students. And that truly is amazing. That already is what your students need. I know that sometimes with mental illnesses, there isn't one right way to do things. But just your presence and being there with them and caring about them is going to help them tremendously. So I'm going to leave you with three takeaways from today's episode. Number one, your students are struggling. Every single one of them in their own way. They might not have a diagnosable mental illness, but they are struggling. The more you are aware of them, the more you'll be able to know how to help them. Two, everybody needs help with keeping a healthy mindset. And three, fostering a healthy mindset should be part of a music lesson. I'm excited to teach you more about how to do this in future podcast episodes. And I hope that you continue to tune in. I'm so grateful for each of you again. And I look forward to talking with you in the next episode. That's it for today. Thanks, folks. If you are wanting to spice up your vocal warm-up routine with some really fun vocal warm-ups that also help build confidence and positive mindset, then make sure to sign up for my Warm-Up Wednesday newsletter through the link in the show notes below. 
Also, be sure to rate, review, and follow this podcast in Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. And rate and review, especially if you really liked it. And if you didn't, then don't worry about it. It's all good. <laughs>